faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Greetings, 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 and welcome, Pum Pum Posse. Bless up yourself. This, of course, is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast, and I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. You can find me streaming on my social media platforms at the Pum Pum Chronicles on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow my personal page, Badass underscore Jones underscore on Instagram or on Twitter, that Badass Jones kid. If you want to get in contact with me to submit any content, ask any questions or anything of that nature, you can do it in one of two ways. You can either email me at the Chronicles at gmail.com or you can leave me a message in the call-in line on the call-in line. Uh, that number, of course, is 320-270-1086. And the podcast can be heard on all podcasts platforms where uh, you can find podcasts, including but not limited to Amazon podcast, uh, Google podcasts, Apple iTunes, and of course, iHeartRadio. I hope everyone has been well this weather. For those of you who are in the colder states and up here in Canada, why it cool. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not... For as long as I've lived in Canada, which has been, you know, the, the bulk of my life, I, you know, and it's funny because I know people always say to me, like, Jones, you don't ever wear a coat. I don't wear a coat because it always makes me feel like I'm carrying a small child on my back. Been there, done that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I keep one in my truck just in case. If I'm going for a walk, of course, I will put one on. But if I'm driving in my truck, I'm not wearing a coat because I want to be comfortable. But regardless, yeah, this this weather, I'm... I'm I said it before, I'm going to say it again. I will continue to say it. Winter is useless. I get, you know, like the regeneration and all these kind of things. And you know what I mean? Like the Arctic is necessary for the polar ice caps and all that kind of stuff. Antarctica, like the poles, the poles are necessary. But winter itself? Yeah. It. There are so many countries that don't have a winter. They got a dry season on a rainy season, and they thrive. They're fine. <sighs> Anyhow, that's, that's, let me behave myself and continue. But yeah, I, I definitely need some, um, some warmer stuff. So today, <laughs> um, uh, doing kind of like a Love Jones, but not kind of a Love Jones, because I have another episode that's coming out that's a Love Jones, but I have a special guest that's doing the Love Jones with me. So this is some questions that were specifically directed to me um, that I'm going to that I'm gonna answer as well. And then, you know, just kind of see how things go. So um, someone had asked me, you know, do I ever respond to DM messages? And, and you know, if somebody wanted to DM me to, you know, they're, they're interested in getting to know me. How would they successfully go about doing so? Um, and it's really weird because like 
I don't know. I feel like you can get an energy and a vibe from people and from their page, um, you know, the, the content that they put out. And sometimes even just from like the display pictures, I know a lot of people have their pages private. That's the first and foremost thing. If you're messaging me from a private page and I can't see who you are, I'm not trusting to talk to you because that's just weird to me. If you're going to message me from a private page, at the very least, send a picture of yourself so I know who I may or may not be responding to or if because the likelihood that you're going to get a response is less likely um, than if your page is open and I can kind of, you know, see who you are and what you're about and that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, if your page is private, beg you do. Just send, excuse me, send a picture of yourself. Um, it's more likely, it's not hundred percent guaranteed, but it's more likely that you'll get a, a response. Um, Dick pictures don't won't get a response, you know. I might rate your dick, I might grade your dick, but for me to say like that's the intro, I don't know your name, but I know your penis size and your penis girth, sir. Yeah, you know that just that doesn't do it for me. I like looking at dick pictures. Don't get me wrong, you know, a good looking dick is 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 good and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't move me or provoke me to want to have a conversation with anybody because of their penis. Um, don't use lame one liners. Definitely don't do the hey beautiful. Um, somebody messaged me one time saying, "When am I gonna get? When am I gonna get some of your time?" Um, you're not paying me, so I'm not obligated to do fuck all. Certainly not obligated to give you any of my anything. Um, and then I have people who are are you know they're pers- persistent and patient, and sometimes their patience where a uh, pays off. Um, I had one gentleman, I think he messaged me fairly regularly for about six months, and then it was really weird because one of the, the last message that he sent that I actually responded to, um, he said something that was thought provoking. I was like, okay, you know, let me respond to that and. I should have just known from the first series of DMs that it just wasn't going to work out to be a good idea because then he just went back to being like a tool and I don't, I don't have time, uh, extra energy, extra brain power. I'm I'm just not able, I'm not able. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like the, the, the cheesy one-liners, um, you know, if, if you're gonna, if like, again, it's, it. this is, this is you putting your best foot forward. And, and this is not just for me, but like anybody who DMs anybody, don't do the stupid bullshit that other people do because you're not likely to get an answer. You know, don't do the, Hey, handsomes, I see you handsomes, or like, if it's a woman, you know, trying to shoot her shot at a guy, like try to be more creative, Intru- actually introduce yourself. I don't know what the fear and the hangup is, is of like introducing yourself, even if it's like your nickname or what people call you or whatever the case may be. Because I tell her like, you know, when I'm introducing myself, I'm like, I'm AJ because that's what everybody for the most part calls me. Like, unless you're family or somebody like close to me, like a friend where I consider you to be like family, most everybody under granny calls me AJ or Jones. Um, you know, but even still, I would, I would, if I was going to DM somebody, I would say, you know, like, good morning. My name is AJ. I'm not trying to intrude on your time. And then I say what I have to say, pay my little compliment, let them know I'm interested and keep it moving. To, for me to go back and ask somebody DM to try to pressure them to answer me after they haven't answered. Nah, boss, if they're, if they're not answering, take that as your, your, your walking papers, take that as your sign that it's okay for you to galang about your business. The person's not interested. If they're interested, they'll reply. And if they don't reply, like, you know, 
don't take the rejection that hard. Like everybody gets rejected. There isn't a single person on this planet who hasn't been rejected at least once. People may think that I don't, you know, get rejected or whatever, but I've gotten rejection from people are, you know, not like, you know, absurd or obnoxious rejection. Like they're polite. They'd be like, you know, appreciate the compliment. I have my lady, you know, thank you, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, all right, you know, power to your queen, you know, and, and, and that's it. You know, you just kind of love it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the lame one-liners, um, if your page is private, send me a pic so I know who you are. You know, and I've, I've posted that before. Like I, I, I need for people to open up their pages so I can see whether or not you're somebody I want to talk to. Like, and that's real shit, you know? Um, cause some people post just like, ah, ah, man, I don't know. Regardless, if you, if you're interested in, in DMing me and, and actually the like of possibly getting a response, send a picture introduce yourself again you don't need to tell me like your whole history your full government name or any of them kind of things but some kind of name that i can call you would be great like i said one of the best dms i ever got years ago he said you know good morning my name is such and such i think you're absolutely beautiful i'm interested in getting to know you um if you'd like to chat sometime here's my number please give me a call have a beautiful day and that was it you know i was like okay Step to me like a man. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, and, and that goes for, I've, I've had women DM me as well, you know, and, and they start off like really cool, really sociable. M- women are more likely to get a response from me because I feel, you know, their, their agenda isn't the same, but sometimes their agenda is the same. I've had a, a woman DM me and, you know, tell me that I was her woman crush and, you know, I was flattered and I was like, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. La la. And we started just kind of like a regular chit chat. And then it just started to be like, you know, so like, what's your sign? Where do you live? You know, do you like lingerie? Um, And so I kind of figured, you know, the direction (laughs) that it was headed in. I wasn't offended or anything, but the same way I'm not, you know, about the dick pics and and all that, you know, random pom pom pictures in my DM as well. Not Bridget. I'm good. I'm I'm good on the sex weapons. Anyhow, that wraps that up. Uh, so AJ, what's up? Quick question. What's the longest you've ever kept keepsakes or pictures from a previous relationship? Um, so <laughs> recently, uh, recently being this week, <coughs> excuse me, I um, I decided to go through uh, an external hard drive that I have, <coughs> excuse me, that I've had for... Um, I've had it for about seven years, seven, I think seven, eight years. Um, and the reason that I went through it is that I finally decided um, after five years. Yeah, you heard me right. After five years, I decided that it was time to delete um, like pictures, videos, uh, voice notes, messages, screenshots, um, just any and everything related to the last serious, deeply in love, my heart entangled, you know, ride or die would go to the ends of the earth for you relationship. Um, and I don't know why it took me so long. I think part of the reason why it took me so long to go through those things and delete them, um, is because I didn't want to deal with the hurt or the pain I didn't want to deal with the memories. Um, I just, I just didn't want to deal with seeing him. You know, it's one of those out of sight, out of mind 
but I knew that it was there. I've always known that they're there. Um, and so in an effort in this new year to make space in my life, not just physically, um, but metaphorically, spiritually making space in my life, I knew that it was time for me to dump those things, remove those things um, from holding space in my life. And as much as the physical dumping was like the hard, um, the hard shell part of it, it also cleared space in my heart to know that looking at his pictures, hearing his voice, seeing his videos, seeing our content together, um, it didn't hurt my heart anymore. You know, there were videos where I looked at and could actually laugh and smile and have a pleasant fond memory instead of that pain and anguish. I could, re- I could look at it and smile and remember the fond times and feel good about it before I deleted it. There was, and I'm not a person who lives with regret. Um, you know, let me say that first and foremost. Uh, there isn't anything I regret in my life because I feel like every experience that I've ever had, good or bad, has been a life lesson and a teaching tool in some way, shape, or form. And so I don't live with regret. I never say, oh, I wish I could go back and because it's 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 regret is, is it's a useless emotion, it's it's a waste of energy, it's a waste of 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 brain pan. <laughs> um it's it's a waste of space inside of you to have regret about things that you cannot go back and change. And so, you know, as I just said, like I I take everything. Um, you know, whether it was a knock or a bruise, whether it was an uplifting moment, you know, the highs and the lows, the good, the good and the bad. Um, I take them as, as teaching moments and, and everything that you go through helps to shape your character and helps to shape the person that you are and good or bad, painful or not. I'm grateful for those experiences. So, um, after five years, I went through the hard drive and, you know, I took my time. I looked at the sexy pictures. I looked at the dick pictures. I looked at the fuck me pictures. I looked at the videos. Um, and I was like, Oh Lord, you know, but it wasn't that thing where I was like, you know, you actually get in contact with him, especially looking like at the dick pics and you know, your pom pom jumps a little bit and you remember, you know, the good dick down and the good pussy eating and all the nasty, dirty things you did with the person. Um, but it it wasn't like that. Like I looked at it and had that moment but not that who let me call him moment. Um, it was just remembering how good everything was. And then I, I systematically, you know, deleted stuff. It took me about an hour. <laughs> um, it probably could have gone faster if I had kind of like bulk delete, but I took time. I went back and read um, old messages, um, you know, and thought about how they made me feel at the time versus how I feel about reading them now. Um, and, and I definitely know in taking time to go through them, that I'm better off not having stayed in that relationship. And had I stayed in that relationship, how detrimental it would have been to my personal growth and development, to my emotional growth and development, and my mental growth and development. Um, It would have been detrimental to who I am as I exist now. And you know, I'm, I'm definitely better for it. Um, I will also say that, you know, the, I do still have journals that I wrote, um, while he and I were together, there are 
I think seven or eight journals. Um, you know, they're in a they're in a drawer somewhere upstairs, and I've contemplated burning them. I've contemplated, you know, destroying them, ripping them up, shredding them, and that kind of stuff. But when I look at the time, energy, and effort, the love and intention that went into the journals, I'm actually contemplating um, seeing about getting them published because it's it's a lot of like there are drawings, there are. Uh, poems that I wrote there are just kind of like my my thoughts my feelings that little voice inside of me um and that kind of stuff so those might be a little bit harder to get rid of and those might take a little bit <laughs> longer for me get for me to get rid of but honestly if there's a way for me to make money from my story if there's a way for me to make money from my story with him if there's a way for me to make money from that journey I absolutely would take that opportunity <laughs> and um and do that instead but everything else um is gone so part of the answer is that five years was the longest i've ever held on to um keepsake keepsakes the old relationship keepsakes but part of that is still that i have the journal so that kind of has an, an up in the air undecided date um yeah uh next question um hey aj i met somebody that i feel like i'm falling head over heels for and want to do things for this person all the time i want to cook for them i want to hang out in their place and clean up i want to just spend time even the weird things like doing their laundry or like you know greasing his scalp but i feel like i'm moving too fast and i don't think that he's in the same place what should i do to slow myself down um, I always say, regardless of how long you've been together, keep some of your love on reservation. So let, let's just apply it to the courting and dating phase. Um, I find a lot of times in our interests, especially in this day and age where, you know, the dating scene, scene, dating scene seems to be so trash. I find that in this day and age, when you actually meet somebody, it's like you want to give your all and then some so that they can see how valuable you are so they in turn will want to do the same things for you and they in turn will want don't don't do it to yourself you know you you can't convince anybody to love you the way that you love them they're either going to or they're not they're either going to put forth that effort or they're not um, you, you can't force anybody into loving you better. You can't make anybody love you better unless they are willing to do so. I know there's the old adage that says, you know, we should lead by example. And absolutely, you should. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you should be an asshole or, or you know, if they're not as giving that you should match the fact that they're not as giving. Um, and it's not to say that you should do that, but you should pace yourself. You should temper how much you give. You should pace yourself because you're going to find that you end up being emotionally burnt out because you're, there's no reciprocity. You're not getting in return what your output is. Keep some of your love on reservation. Again, it's not to say that you shouldn't love the person with all your heart, but overextending yourself, going above and beyond in the hopes that they'll see how valuable they are to you and they in turn will express in the same manner, how valuable you are to them, it, it, it may not work out that way because not everyone is designed that way, right? You have to meet people where they are and help them work on the growth and development. If ultimately you see that they're comfortable with who they are, you either at that point 
choose to accept that that's who the person is and hope that they grow and change and develop and become better at loving you the way that you want to be loved. You can try to teach them your love languages. You know, everybody's big on the love languages. You can teach them how to love you, but there has to be a willingness on their part to do so. You can't force it. You know, it's like the, they say, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You can talk to somebody all the live long day about how you want to be loved and how you want to be treated. But if they're not there with you mentally and emotionally, if they're not invested in your happiness and well-being the way that you're invested in theirs, you may just kind of have to accept that they're not going to love you the way you want to be loved. They're going to love you the way they want to love you. And you need to decide, you know, whether that's something that you can accept or not. Keep some of your love on reservation, right? Especially if the person is not moving in the same direction as you, they're not working towards the same goal as you. So like if your end goal is marriage and they're not in marriage talks with you, they don't ever bring up marriage. And when you do bring up marriage, they kind of like laugh it off or slough it off, or they don't really entertain the conversation. It's kind of like, yeah, uh someday I want to get married. Um, but it's never specific to you, you need to ease up and keep some of your love on reservation. You don't have to be giving out, you know, all the um, the loving and, and marriage energy to somebody who's not giving you in return. So if you've gotten into a habit of doing his laundry, cooking his meals, making sure that his lunch is packed, and you're just his girlfriend, and there's no talk of marriage, there's no talk of engagement, there's no talk of anything long-term, girl, cut that shit out. Cut that shit out. It's cool if you want to cook for him from time to time and that kind of stuff, but you can't put yourself in a position where you're giving out marriage intention, marriage vibes, marriage privileges, marriage pum-pum, marriage, you know, fidelity, marriage loyalty and all these things. And he's still at the girlfriend stage two, three, four, 10 years into your relationship. Keep some of your love on reservation. Um, AJ, my year, my year in question, which I didn't get to answer for you. Is there anything that you were obsessed with in 2020? Um, anything I was obsessed with in 2020? (laughs) This is going to sound like (laughs) a weird thing. I became super obsessed with iced tea. Not the, not the rapper iced tea, like that, the beverage iced tea. Um, I don't know. Like I, I consumed a lot of iced tea in 2020, specifically McDonald's iced tea. Large iced tea, no ice. Um, (laughs) There was a point, (laughs) oh my God, I shouldn't even say this, because I know that it's so bad for you with all the sugar and stuff like that, but there was a point where I was drinking between six to eight of them a day, large iced teas. Yes, I would drink water in between, um, but yeah, I mean, it it was to the point where, you know, like if I felt hungry and I knew like I had... So, okay, so I'll tell you, I like tell these strange stories about myself. So I would buy four of them and I have like this huge jug that's like a two liter jug and I would pour them in the two liter jug and keep it in the fridge so that they'd stay chilled. So if I felt like, you know, I was going to have water, I, I would I would try to like trick my brain and be slick and I would get like a small glass 
and I would have a small glass of iced tea and then I'd have a big glass of water. And this is how I convinced myself that I wasn't drinking a whole lot of iced tea. But then when you look at it and in one day, the jug is done, all them little small glass there, all the little small glasses, they add up pretty quick over the course of the day. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really, really bad. Um, I became obsessed with that. I also became obsessed, interestingly enough, with watching mukbangs, mukbang, mukbang. I don't even know how to say it properly, but more specifically, the ones with crunchy sounds, um, and, and, and the, um, the, the Korean, uh, the Korean content creators. So anyone who was Korean, I primarily watched those content creators. I don't know why I, I really and truly, I, I, you know, I do know why. Let me not lie. I do know why. One, because as much food as they're consuming, they eat really neat. Like I never see them slobber. I never see shit running down their face or even in like their kana or nothing like that. When they chew, they don't chew with their mouth open. So yes, they make that chewing noise, but they don't chew with their mouth open and they don't talk. They may say one or two words, but their facial expressions show you how much they're enjoying the food. And they usually do like a thumbs up or some kind of eyebrow raise or something like that. The other mukbangs that I've watched where people are talking and smacking and ooing and aahing and mmming and just, just talking over the food. It make, what it makes me think of is people talking over my food in a restaurant. I, I don't know why. And yes, it sounds crazy and weird, but that's what it makes me think of. Somebody talking over my food. So when I'm watching the Korean content creators of mukbang, they don't talk over their food. They talk at the beginning and then yam. They may say a one, two words somewhere in between, but they talk at the beginning. They tell you what it is that they're doing. They say who they are, you know, and then, and they eat their, their food and, and they don't say nothing. The people who talk and, and all the lip smacking and I can't, I can't deal with that. So iced teas and mukbangs are the, were my, my two primary 2020, um, obsessions. Um, and the last one I would say, um, <laughs> I became a little bit obsessed with watching uh, throat fucking porn. Um, again, I, I don't know why I settled on that particular type of porn, but that became like my primary go-to for uh, any time like I needed to rub one out. Um, or sometimes just like, not necessarily, sometimes in research, like I'd come across somebody's name or I'd come across something and then kind of go look for the person and look for their videos. But throat fucking videos became um another obsession like hard face fucking upside down throat fucking you know watching like a dick go right down into the esophagus and come right back out again now i pride myself on 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 dick sucking skills but these bitches and these niggas who suck and swallow like something that's like 12 inch breda you guys are the motherfucking champions of champions because i know that's blocking your entire airway. And I know you feel like you're about to die because you can see it on them. You know what I mean? But them, they're the real fucking MVPs because, yeah. Like I said, I can suck some good dick, but they they are the dick sucking champions. Them ones who can swallow like 10, between 10 and 14 inches right down into their belly bottom. Yeah. 
<laughs> Anyhow, whoa, let's move on from divulging any more of AJ's secrets. Um, AJ, do you prefer a dildo or vibrator and why? I'm trying to decide on a good sex toy, but I wanted to know your thoughts. Um, I, you know, everyone who knows me, everyone who ever listened to a podcast, everyone who's ever watched a, a live, um, you know, I've said it before. I, I'm, I prefer dildos. I do have vibrators and I do have dildos. I've tried both. Um, my primary go-to is the, is a dildo. Um, just because like mentally I want to do the work. I don't want the vibrator to necessarily do the work for me. And for me, it's about, if I'm using a dildo, it's more about that internal pressure and that internal stimulation. Now, mind you, there are some times where, you know, I always say it's like, it's like the blue balls equivalent. Um, there's like this, this painful feeling that I get in my cervix where, it's one of those, like, somebody needs to hold me down and fuck it out of me, like, literally. Um, you know, it, it, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, for, it's from pent-up frustration or from not having orgasmed enough. Because, you know, sometimes I punish myself and say, no, 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 don't rub out anything today. Keep your fingers to yourself kind of thing. Um, so sometimes I'll use the vibrator if I'm feeling that blue balls in my cervix type of feeling, that pressure. And what I will do is turn it on, like, a low-pulsing setting um, you know, get myself wet, insert it, close my legs around it. So it pulses against my cervix. Um, and then, you know, do everything else that I need to do to orgasm that way. So that, that pulsing sensation creates the extra pressure that I need to get rid of that, that feeling. But outside of that, on a regular basis, um, I do prefer the dildo just because mentally to me, I stay in the head, the head space of, um, it being more like dick. I, I'm not a a, a self clit stimulator when I when I masturbate. It's, it I, I can make myself come without actually ever having to touch my clit, so I don't require that extra stimulation on my clit, like the suction or the vibration and stuff like that. Um, if I'm with someone and they want to use the vibrator for that purpose, like if they're eating my pussy and they want the extra stimulation on my on my um, clit or on my nipples or you know whatever the case may be, then yeah, I'm all for it. But on a like solo dolo, when I'm I'm just you know taking care of myself by myself, then yeah, uh, my dildo a dildo is is a good way to go. Um, I would never suggest one or the other. Honestly, I would say to buy one of each and 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 alternate you know because the thing is too like you don't want to create a false sense of sensation in your pum pum either um i feel like over vibrating your vagina creates a false sense of sensation so that you know when you actually do get dick like there's almost this unconscious expectation that the dick is going to vibrate because that's what your body's been used to and it it doesn't you know it can pulse a little bit you know if he's skilled it can you can wiggle it around you know but it's it's primarily the stroke motion and and you know the girth the curve and and all the other things that kind of go together to make dick good dick and the sexual experience a good sexual experience but my suggestion would be to buy one of each um so that you have options and you can you can rotate between the two depending on how you're feeling um aj what were your 2020 takeaways um the importance of self-care the utter importance of self-care and self-love um i've always been you know good on self-love so i've never um you know like in the past like five ten years i've I've been good on self-love and making sure that you know, I appreciate me loud, <laughs> not in a quiet way that I appreciate me loud. 
um, because I'm worthy and I'm, and I'm good and I'm deserving. And, you know, all of those things that, you know, we are supposed to speak life into ourselves and, and speak love into ourselves. I know that I'm a good person. I know that I'm worthy. Have I done shitty things? Of course, that doesn't change the fact that I'm, I'm a good person and that I'm worthy and that I am deserving and that I am loving and that, you know, um, I deserve to be loved. So the, the self-love part I'm, I'm good on, but the importance of self-care was definitely a takeaway in 2020. Um, listening to my body, paying attention to my body, paying attention to those moments where um, it was okay to just sit still, that it was okay to not do work today, that if I woke up in the morning and washed my face and brushed my teeth and took a shower and changed my clothes, and felt fatigued after that and needed to lay down, that it was okay. You know, um, 2020 was an exhausting year, you know, with, with everything happening with the pandemic and, and just across the world and all the changes and, and you know, loved ones dying and, and, you know, just kind of watching the chaos that unfolded um, across the world, practicing self-care became... Um, of the utmost importance for me in 2020 in not getting bogged down with the heaviness of everything that was happening around me and, and saying to myself that it's okay to go slow. It's okay to just feel what you're feeling today and not do a whole lot of anything that it's okay to just be in the moment and feel what you feel and to literally give yourself a hug. That it's okay to cut your workday short if you're starting to feel anxious and stressed and and watch a movie, listen to music, go for a walk. Um, so the, the, most, the most important takeaway for me in 2020 um, was practicing self-care. Another takeaway uh, from 2020 was staying connected to friends and loved ones without putting pressure on them, without putting expectation on them, and without putting pressure on myself or expectation on myself. Um, again, 2020 was, was definitely uh, unexpected. 2020 was definitely a game changer. Uh, just in terms of how we how we interact and engage with with one another, and having to learn and and relearn and discover and rediscover ways in which to interact with people that we love and care about, people who were new in our lives that we wanted to get to know, because like for me, right? I meet someone through social media, and you know we're conversing for a while conversation picks up, everything's good. Within a month, I'm going to go see that person because I want to see what our physical energy is like in the same space because I, I believe that that's important. I believe that physical energy resonates differently when you are in the same space as a person. And it's important to know what that feels like, to know where you're, where you're placing that person in your life, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, and, and the pandemic changed that. You know, because as much as we were still able to travel, you know, it, it was no longer cost effective. So, um, so for example, I, I, I met someone that lives in Detroit. From where I live, Detroit is a three and a half hour drive. Easy peasy. You know what I mean? I could leave in the morning, 
be there in time for us to have breakfast, spend the whole day together, and still come home in time to, to, for it to not even hit midnight. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like I, I, it would been, it would have been easy to do a day date with this person to see, you know, how we vibe, how we gel, how we mesh. If things went good, then I would stay overnight, and if things were, you know, just kind of okay and we were chill. And we decided that, you know, there was definitely just a friends vibe and not like a love interest vibe. Then I would, I would, I would, I might still stay, but you know, I could also go home and it'd be convenient. You know, Buffalo from where I live is an hour and a half drive. And depending on where you live in a Buffalo, an hour and a half to two hours, you know, there was somebody else that I met through social media that lived in Buffalo, couldn't drive to go see the person. Right. And then, you know, people are like, well, why don't you fly? Man, a flight to Detroit <laughs> from Yeso, from here, it's almost 500 fucking dollars. That, that's just a flight alone. For me to fly to Detroit for a week, we'd have to be getting married. Plain and simple. <laughs> like, <laughs> we would have to be getting married for me to spend $500 for a weekend flight. You know, if, if I was a millionaire, yeah, maybe it wouldn't make a difference, but I'm definitely not a millionaire. You know, so... That just was not cost effective for me to fly from here to Buffalo again. You know, when you look at the difference of an hour and a half drive, which is a full tank of gas, not even a full tank, full tank of gas. You know what I mean? How, a quarter tank of gas there and a quarter tank of gas back. Going to Detroit, I can go to Detroit and back on a full tank of gas. It didn't cost anywhere between 80 to $100 to fill up my truck. That's vastly different than $500 because... If I say, okay, let me go to Detroit, it's $100 to fill up my truck. Even if I'm going to stay for the weekend, two nights stay at a hotel, an additional, you know, $200, let's say, let's say you get a hotel for $100, that's, that's $300 that I've spent for a weekend, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm quite sure that he would cover like food and, and anything else that I need, right? So me reasonably spending $300 to go for a weekend is definitely better than me spending $500 just for the flight. And that doesn't even include hotel Plus, I would need a car to get. Yeah, so yeah. Um, spending time with people in the ways that you could spend time with them became increasingly important to me in 2020. Um, and making a, an extra effort, making a concern effort, not to just text a person, you know, the couple of word, you know, responses, but to actually make an effort to have a fulfilling or a full conversation with the person, making an effort to talk on the phone, making an effort to video chat. So, you know, I could see the person as opposed to it just kind of be like, oh, you know, like we've been texting, let me come see you, you know? Um, so that, that definitely was a takeaway from 2020 and something that I think I will continue definitely to do, not just because of the pandemic, but because it helps to build more meaningful relationships. Um, that segues into the next question. Did you develop any new romantic relationships during the, the pandemic? Um, entirely romantic. I wouldn't say a hundred percent, but definitely, uh, developed a, a connection with somebody that I am absolutely interested in you know, seeing where, um, things go. If I could figure out how to, we can't, I can't even fly to the States right now, um, because there's restrictions, but prior to the restrictions, if, if there was a way to figure out to, you know, for that $500 to say, okay, let's, let's meet in Vegas for a weekend that I would have done because Vegas is an experience, but you know what I mean? Like that's a $500 trip for me. That includes the cost of hotel and flight. You know what I mean? So all I have to worry about is like food and stuff like that. That would have been, um, definitely something that I, I would have done. Um, ta -ta -ta. Uh, next question. Sorry. <laughs> On your episode, sex with my ex, the debt that you owe, 
Um, have you ever considered going back to your ex or having sex with your with that particular ex? Uh, in listening to both of you, it sounded like you had a really good relationship and I like the vibe and energy between the two of you. Um, <laughs> Mr. Gavin and I, um, we have a, a great friendship and we settled into um, a great friendship. There was, there was a gap um, of maybe about six months to a, a year, maybe like a year. There was a gap of about a year after we broke up. Um, it, it, it took time for me to not be upset with his lack of effort in, in continuing to make things work. And it took me a while to get over, you know, his, his selfishness and, and in, in taking that time, um, it brought me to a place of understanding of what his limitations were and why. Um, but I think because we've settled into a place of being really good friends, I, I, I could, and it's funny because he, he messaged me, I think the day after and asked, um, if I could ever see us getting back together. And, and honestly, my answer to him, my honest, honest answer to him was I, I, I couldn't see it because I would always be concerned that something else would come up where he would get scared and then run. And then that would be a second time. And I don't think I could deal with a double dose of devastation. And rather than chance it, I would rather us just be friends and develop, continue to develop a healthy bond that way than to try to see what going back would look like. Um, and then he asked, you know, would would you ever consider us having sex again? And I said to him, you know, for the, for the same reasons that I just listed, I, I wouldn't. Because, because intimacy between us was so emotionally intense, one, I don't know that we could recreate that given who we are now and, and how much growth has, has taken place individually. Um, and, and I don't know how, because for me, if we were going to be intimate, we would be fucking from a place mentally for me and emotionally for me of us being friends. And I have a different kind of detachment. Like I can enjoy the experience. It will be a full experience, but that emotional intensity that we had when we were together and we were intimate, I, I would never, I would never um, open myself to that. And so the experience wouldn't be the same. It would be good sex. It would be great sex, but it wouldn't be like mind explosive, like, oh my God, you know, I want to ravage your soul type of, of intimacy. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't see myself and I, and you know, like I said, it was an honest conversation that I had with him. I couldn't see myself doubling back to, to that. I think that us being friends would, would, and, and, and it's really weird too, because like I, we talked about like, you know, taking a trip together when the world opens up, you know, and, and traveling, I can do all of that kind of stuff and, and be cool. I know it might be awkward when we're actually alone at night, like in a hotel room and, you know, things might go on, but knowing what I know about myself and having, you know, kind of gone down those roads before when I'm, when I'm in friend head space, there, there isn't too much that could, that could happen because he's my ex, you know, I might give him some, some ex head, <laughs> but, um, as far as having those type of intense sexual experiences, like we did when we were together, no, nah, that's, that, that couldn't, um, that couldn't happen for me. So, um, anyhow, uh, that is a wrap. That is the end of the questions. Um, this of course has been the Pum Pum Chronicles. I'm your host, AJ Badass Jones. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for streaming, for downloading. 
uh, downloading and, and, you know, all, all that kind of good jazz. Um, I really appreciate you guys. I know I say it kind of regularly, but I just always want you to know how important um, your listenership is, your following is, your support and, and everything um, that you give to me, just even in terms of the questions that you ask, the, you know, the content suggestions, you know, the personal, the personal pieces about yourself that you uh, allow me to share in, I am grateful. So in the meantime and in between time, um, I hope that you all stay safe, um, you know, practice self-love, practice self-care, don't overload on iced tea (laughs) Um, and take care of yourselves until next time. Phone call.